We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Julius, this is obviously a tough team to play from behind. What was the difference in this one tonight? Uh, I think our turnovers. We had way too many turnovers. Um, and, uh, you know, they dominated, dominated us uh, defensively in the paint. When a guy like Gilgis Alexander is dictating the pace, how, how tough does that make it? Uh, it's tough. You know, he's a great player in this league, and uh, he does a good job of, you know, obviously getting the paint and scoring the basketball, uh, but just making the right reads and plays. So he's a tough cover. How, how did you think you reacted to those really early doubles that were bringing you early? Uh, I thought I was fine. You know, I had uh, one on the left block turnover that I had uh, to space, and we just got to clean that up. Um, but uh, overall, it was solid. I think I was better in the second half. Um, and also, you know, uh, I think in the second half, got getting to the elbows more in the middle of the floor where it's a little bit harder to double. Uh, so just trying to make that adjustment, but I can always be better and uh, continue to try to improve and make the right reads on that. John Schildkraut, I hope I got that okay, uh, committing to RJ and to a lesser extent, Dante DiVincenzo, rather than quickly, feels like it has the potential to be the front office's first big mistake. I, I think you're conflating a couple different things here. Um, the, I think the DiVincenzo signing was made partially in acknowledgement of the fact that they were going to have to use quickly. Let me rephrase that. That they felt, as I have been saying for quite some time, that quickly had more value to them as a trade chip, as a trade asset, than as part of their core because of all of the issues that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, and that was a way to kind of cover their ass. Not saying DiVincenzo and quickly are identical players. They are not. They have, they serve different functions on this team. They have different games, but you know, one guy's making $12 million or $13 million a year. And the other guy wants 25. So, you know, the RJ thing was, I will never not believe that that wasn't a negotiating play where Leon or whoever was doing the negotiations went to um, the jazz and were like, 
if you don't make the trade that we want to make by by this time, we're going to extend RJ, and then you're going to be left without anyone to trade Donovan Mitchell to, and you're going to have to accept whatever our resulting offer is. I will always believe that. I will go to my grave believing that. Negotiating ploy that backfired. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Dom, you're you're MVP of the night, my man. Uh, Well, co-MVP with Frank. Um, I I still believe in a potential fourth seed, even with RJ, albeit it's getting shaky. Dom's all about the big picture tonight. Um, With this back-to-back, and I'll win this back-to-back, and I feel just as strong. We're more talented than Orlando and a better two-way team than Indy. Indy is a lot worse on defense. Um, I, I'm like, I said it to Fred, I think to open the pod today and I meant it. I think I finally like moved out of the weeds in this season. You're, you're very much in the weeds of the year and good because someone needs to be, I've, I'm like now kind of much more zoned, like zoomed out where, what I mean by that is like, I have zero doubt in my mind that the Knicks are going to figure out a, a way somehow to win, I don't know, 45, 46, 47 games, whatever it is. And I think that they will go hard, hard. And that includes making a trade for a better backup center to ensure that they get a top six seed, which is all they need to do, right? Um, you, you're talking about a potential four seed. I, to me, that's like, Okay, if they get it, great. If they get five, all right. If they get six, even eh, less than ideal. To me, four or five is a much bigger, like whether they get four or five doesn't matter. Five or six, that's going to matter in the East this year. So maybe to your point, it's really key for them to to get up to five, which is going to be tough, you know? Um, because I, I don't think Orlando's going away. I don't think Indy's going away. And then obviously Miami and I don't think Cleveland's going away. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Thanks, Tom. Tom with one one more. I'll save the rest uh after a big Orlando win. See you on town hall. RJ, love you, but it's time to go somewhere else. Go next. Thank you, Tom. You really truly above and beyond tonight. Truly, really appreciate everything you do. Sam Garcia's dad. I am an unabashed Tibbs supporter, but just but just fourth quarter, uh, he switched quickly for RJ. I was telling Sam, who's home for the holidays, how we need more IQ. Oy vey. Yeah, it's how can you not be screaming at your television screen and shouting out IG1? Completely in the moment, it was crazy. In the moment, it was crazy. And uh, another one from Sam Garcia's dad. And very cool that you got to spend the holidays together. Has there ever been a team draft a big three, fail, tear it down, and then draft another big three? Man, that's a great freaking question. Um, I don't know that another team has ever done what Orlando or what Orlando. I, I had Orlando in my mind because like they did draft Shaq, Penny, and... Nick Anderson. I know Nick Anderson is is kind of a forgotten man, but that dude was really good for a while. That was a big two, though. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. The top two were very, very good. Right. 
Like one. you could have played a different three on different nights. Like when Horace Grant went there, it was looked at it. He was the the third guy in the yeah. big three. You know, I mean. So the key part here is tearing it down, right? Because there have been teams that have obviously drafted well and like won, but the fact that it ended the way it did, and then they got to now this version, the way they got to this version, I think is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, I think to say to, to raise point, um, excuse me, Sam Garcia's dad's point. I'll not cats out of the bag. If we weren't calling him Ray, um, the way the Thunder have done this is somewhat unprecedented. What wild. time will tell is if um, OKC is able to, not OKC, San Antonio is able to build something with Wemby because then there's the other team to tear it down completely and then just through the draft build another big three. Yeah. You know? I mean, no, there's there's no comp. Could you go Boston from the seventies with the the Cowens team and the Pistol Pete? They didn't, they didn't tear it down. Not the Pistol Pete. The um the Maravich team. The Havlicek team. I literally did Pistol Pete again. Um, but like you have the Havlicek team, and then you go to the Bird, um, McHale, and then pick up. The, see, the the tough part is the big three part of it. We were a big two era for a long time, and then yeah. when. Um, the 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 uh, Celtics kind of create that first big three in 2008, and then the Heat create theirs and became a big three era. Yeah. And then OKC showed up with theirs in the 2012 Finals, and it was like, oh, this is just solely through the draft. And here they are with another big three solely through the draft. Yeah, I don't. This is unprecedented. It is. It's totally unprecedented. Um. You the also, closest, real quick, you, you see the Laurie Markkinen fit, right? Like oh my you, God. you g- genuinely see how unstoppable this team could be. If now the tough part is it might cost Jay Will or Jay Dub. I um, wouldn't give him up. I wouldn't either. And I don't think Danny Ainge is going to be like, yeah, sure. Give me Josh Giddy. Yeah, but that trade's about the picks. I still think he's going to want a player. Like it's what the Mitchell, like I, I'm sure. Like he wasn't thinking marketing could be this or was that much of an upgrade over RJ. And if the Knicks had gone all in on picks, sure. But I still think he's going to want to pair. Like if I'm giving up an all NBA guy, I'm going to want someone with all NBA potential. Sure. I will see. I don't know. I don't. To your point, if I were OKC, I would throw a heavy pick package on the table and be like, all right, turn it down. Yeah. You know, so give, let me see you turn down 11 picks for, for Mark. And I'm kidding, obviously, with the 11, but like three unprotected. And then all these these other weirdo picks that are just kind of floating out there. They they have a lot of those. Um, yeah. yeah, make them say no. Thanks, Ray. Uh, Andrew P. Level of fear. Toronto won't do business with us. I, I, I mean, it's high, but like I already had that fear. I already had that fear because I think Masai operates a very particular way. And he is like the international man of mystery, the way he has not made trades that everybody around the league seems to think like made sense to make over the last few years. And he just doesn't. So, I th- but I, yeah, I think the, the lawsuits a thing. TJ Akai, totally different type of player, but RJ reminds me of Hawks era, Josh Smith. 
from the maddening decision making sometimes to fan base feelings, etc. I like <laughs> Josh Smith was good. Like Josh Smith was 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 kind of maddening, but I the 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 comp for me uh, besides Wiggins, which we always go back to. The better comp for me, and I thought about it the other night, and it doesn't it doesn't work perfectly because the premise is faulty. But I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to explain why I think the premise is faulty. Kind of reminds me of John Collins. Like John Collins has always put up numbers. Now the difference is John Collins has been pretty efficient, but you look at his larger game and you're like, does he is he really impacting winning on a positive level? And you saw that like Atlanta wanted to get rid of him like almost from the day they drafted him they were trying to trade him and even though he was putting up good numbers and now you get reports out of Utah that maybe things aren't great there um but the difference is like he plays a position that doesn't exist anymore you know uh a four who like doesn't defend he can't play the five he could shoot it a little bit that helps but like he's not good enough he's not, he's not Randall right you're not dumping the ball to him and saying like go get us 30 tonight that's the difference between him and Randall. And as it is, Randall gives you enough issues because of his lack of shooting and, and mostly the defense. But from a perspective of like a guy that like he signed to this contract that like you look at it and you look at the numbers and you're like, all right, that's that's worth about 25 a year. Okay, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. And then you and then you you look up and you're like, what? Why why am I dying for this player? So to me, I I I think of a different hawk than Josh Smith. Jason M. If kept 22 first, would have taken AJ Griffin, not J Dub. Um I don't know about that. I can I ask a clarifying question for Jason? You can tell me in the in the chat without a super chat. Are you saying the Knicks would have taken AJ Griffin over J Dub? Are you saying you personally would have taken? Uh, I think he's saying the Knicks would have. Okay, I think the Knicks also would have. Also, I don't know. He f- he fell. Um, but I don't know. Oh, uh, by the way, to the point of OKC tearing it down, they didn't draft. They didn't draft SGA. That's true. Yeah. That's a great Sean call. just made the point in the chat. They didn't draft SGA. Very cool. I forgot that. That's bad. They traded Paul George. Yes, they did. Yeah. Oops. Mm. Thanks, Jason. Drazov, now that I got my bad question out of the way, what's your biggest non-Nicks what if in NBA history? My goodness. You can throw a Nick one in too if you want. My biggest non-Nick what if in NBA history? Yeah. While you answer that, um, Jason's clarifying. He's saying the Knicks would have taken AJ Griffin. Um, Also a CAA client and only fell because of injury. So, track record's there. I never know how to answer the what if questions because it's like, you know, what if like the Spurs didn't win the Duncan lottery, but that's not a what if question. This is, you know, um, I think there's like two ways to look at it. There's a there's an injury question, like what if I mean, this guy didn't get injured? How does so? What's the butterfly effect after that? And then there's a transactional way, like what if this team didn't trade? Like the Thunder have a big what if? What if they don't trade 
James Harden. So I, like, wow, I think what the, does the rest of the decade look like with them? I think the biggest injury related what if in NBA history is what if Bill Walton could be healthy because there are people who watch Bill Walton that claim that Bill Walton is the greatest basketball player who ever lived. Mm-hmm. And agree with that or not, the fact that there are smart basketball people who like say that with a straight face. Um, and he had a year and a half in which he was healthy. Um, I'll. Oh, he's he's clarifying mainly single player is what he's saying. So Bill Walton actually is a good answer. The biggest player, what if? And that's where Grant Hill falls on that hill as well. Um, no pun intended. Grant Hill falls in that category. I'll go with. I think. I think the what if KD didn't go to Golden State Mm. is because that changed the league so much in so many ways and it changed legacies in the West. It changed like obviously it changed LeBron's legacy. Um, I think that is up there. I'm I could I'm sure I could think of a better one. But mm. man, that's a great question. I'm gonna think some more about that. The greatest so, what if in NBA history. So you brought up Bill Walton as a player. What if? Uh, I was thinking it, and then Ben Kim Gurvey put it in the chat. Um, if we're going to a player and what his potential could have been, uh, it's a guy that got drafted to Bill Walton's team in 1986. Len Bias. If Len Bias had not had what happened to him. Um, if he hadn't passed away the day after he got drafted to a that's team a, that just won the title with 67 wins, you know, that's does a, the Celtics yeah. dynasty continue? That's the, um, that's another really good one. Uh, the only other one I'll say is there are stories about the, when the, um, uh, it was Kareem. Like the Knicks tried to make a play for him, but that involves the Knicks, obviously, and how close they were or were not during that time. Um, so that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Good question, Drazov. Yeah. Uh, Tim Little, Luca, and Brunson. Brunson and IQ. I might be alone here. Always been super high on IQ. Signing Brunson was always odd to me. How high? All star. Um. I will question many a thing about the Knicks. Uh, questioning their signing of Jalen Brunson is not one of them. I think it's the best thing to happen to the franchise since they drafted Patrick Ewing. So um, I think he's awesome and the best is yet to come. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Al Boogie NYC. After years of lying to myself, thinking Barrett was going to take the next step, I realized RJ will never be what we want and need him to be. Never. Well, that's... There you go. From someone who was on the train, it seems. Drazov, with another one, you'd think a player whose godfather is Steve Nash would be better at shooting. I mean, Steve Nash, one of the 10 greatest shooters ever lived. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't get it, man. I don't get why he's not a better shooter. I don't understand it. I wish I had something insightful to say. I have nothing insightful to say. I have no idea why he's not better. 
What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning, to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. RJ team. You think RJ playoff performance kind of brought him, bought him more time. If it wasn't for that performance, I don't think he'd be here right now. That's a really interesting alternate universe. Would RJ would RJ have started the season with the Knicks if he didn't perform? If he let's say he played in the playoffs like he played for most of the season, which is not particularly great. Um, I don't, I don't know that they ever had a good opportunity to trade RJ this summer. I don't think. I mean it. I think it, he would have needed to have been so bad in the playoffs that like, it, is there a world where instead of beating Cleveland in five, they like lose to Cleveland in seven and the conversation is like they lost because of this player and it just got so toxic. But even then I would assume that they would sooner just fire Tibbs, uh, whether it was Thibodeau's fault or not. You, you always fire the coach first. So, no, I don't. I don't know. Uh, Sean with a W. What's going on? Uh, great to see you at the halftime tonight. You're a better man than me, Jonathan. I'd be spinning the block with RJ matching with the RJ matching salary tweet. P.S. Frank Miranda is cackling somewhere. I, and you know what? No one cackles like Frank Miranda. Nobody. It's a, an elite, elite cackle. Um, nah, man. I, I look. 
I say a lot of shit because I'm in front of a microphone just way too much. Uh, I get stuff right. I get stuff wrong. But I never say one thing I could at least put my head on the pillow at night and fall asleep with a clear conscience is I never say anything to get a rise out of anybody. You know, I'll get I'll get a little fiery and I'll get, you know, you know how I get, but I'll never say anything to like, you know, the next fucking time I say or do something for engagement, just shoot me. Because I don't think I've ever done it. Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and that's the world we live. Do I do I do I ever say or do anything for engagement? No. Let's also not shoot you. Yeah, but like, I mean, I, but the, the funny thing is, I'm doing a disservice to Nick's film school because I don't say and do shit for engagement because that's what everybody else does, and it pays off for them. But that's where I come in, and I know how to find the things that you do say that will create engagement, and why we have a full enough roster where we can all say the thing. What I go for is not beating for engagement. Something insightful that is said that um, you know, would, would get a rise. You know, and who knows? Maybe you've said some meaningful things and you're just not remembering how engaging they were. Whatever the case may be, uh, no, nah, man, uh, I'm the most, I'm the luckiest person in the world that I get to do what I do. I don't, I don't need to be taking any victory laps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh Saquad's Barkley. RJ is a negative contract. If you de- if you disagree, which team? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure I disagree. Um, so the question is who's taking a chance on RJ Barrett? Um <clears throat> he clears his throat ominously. Um Sorry, give me a second. I mm, would no. Uh, I have a lot going on there. Uh, I was looking at Portland for a second. Like it's unfair to say Detroit because they're two and fucking twenty eight, and like we're at throw shit against the wall time. That is a team. I, I mentioned Washington. Just send them to a team that doesn't care about winning. Like, like actually can dedicate. Like, oh, let's let's actually just try but to like, see if we can put RJ in good positions and see if this but, works. But like, even Detroit, like they have theoretically the big wing who could play point guard. They also have, if he could learn to shoot, and like you know, there's some hope there. The all defense like ceiling wing who will. I mean, again, if 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 the Thompson kid learns to shoot, like they're really in business with him. Mm-hmm. So, like, do they need to take a chance on a year five? What, what is is RJ year five or year six? Year I'm like, this is year five. Okay. This is year five. Okay, year five wing. Who, you know, and you mentioned Washington. Like, wh- <laughs> I what's the trade? Like, no. Like, would they trade pool for RJ? Yeah, probably. But like, I'm not saying specifically find a trade. I said you would have to find a team like a Washington that is just tearing it down, doesn't care if they go 11 and 71 next year, and they're just, hey, we're here's all the usage you want, RJ. That's, I think, the place we're at right now. 
hold on. I'm. I want to at least give a good answer. Well, I mean, depends what you believe out of Toronto. Why would they want him? They have Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi. Okay, if Ananobi in the world where Ananobi's available, and you, I see the the. the I think the the tough part for Knicks fans, I think they're gonna have to accept, is that if if OG Ananobi's available, and the Knicks are going to try and give an offer that will beat other teams, they're gonna have to pay more picks than they want to, or it's Emmanuel quickly. Well, that should finally get to go to a team. But there are team, there are Knicks fans that are like, yeah, but RJ for Ananobi, RJ plus picks for Ananobi. And I think I was there for a while, but then, you know, you see how it plays out. You also talk to some people from Toronto and they know how good quickly is. They're also a team that needs a point guard that's better than Dennis Schroeder. So unfortunately, that's where you'd have to give up IQ to get the thing that you need RJ to be. I, I don't. I don't to answer the question, I don't know where the team is that would be excited for the opportunity to resurrect his career right now. I'm I'm sure they're out there. I'm mm-hmm. sure that the there are there are absolutely RJ believers in the league. Hundred percent. And sending him home to Canada, whether we want to believe that's a basketball thing or not, that is a thing you can tell your fan base. Do they do they care? They do. They do. I, really? I, I do know this. There is an RJ Hive that exists where he's from. He is a golden child of Team Canada. I'm not sure it's like come save the franchise, but it's like, hey, if we're going to rebuild, might as well have Scotty and RJ. Now, that's like the fan base. Like you're, To your point about the league, I'm not sure Masai is clamoring to go get RJ Barrett. I think he would want to go get a point guard. Was Charlotte want RJ? So we're getting Gordon Hayward. I'm... Sean's in all caps, San Antonio. And I just, they, they have, why are they introducing this guy? They have this guy, probably a yeah. slightly better version of this guy and slightly cheaper version of this guy and Kel Johnson. They got Johnson. They got Vassell. Like there's, they need a point guard. Like again, Emmanuel quickly is the answer for that team. Trust me, Sean, I was staring at San Antonio and I'm like, can I make an, I can't, I can't make the argument. Mm-hmm. I can't make your okay yeah. anyway Bob to you getting very frustrating having the same types of conversation about a third overall pick in year five amen to that uh, hopefully we get back on track against a no walk in the park team in Orlando neither of these next two games are going to be walks in the park Orlando and Indy um, and then your reward when you go back home is you get to play Minnesota you know it, it, this is this is tough Two, two and two would be incredible between, between these four games starting tonight the, and then the next three. Thank Bob, thank you, Bob Dew. Uh Javier Montalvo, what's going on, Javier? How about Grant and Tybal for RJ and Evan? I, I a lot of people bring up Grant. I don't like Grant's a power forward. He is a four. You do not want to be playing Jeremy Grant at the three. You just don't want to do it. It just I, I don't makes a ton of money, a lot of more years. I don't know how easy that contract's going to be to move as the years go by. Um, like what is what is that doing for your team? I mean, Grant's awesome. I love Grant. Jeremy Grant's awesome, but he's a four. You know, I don't know. 
JM. What's going on, Jay? Was watching the Pels game last night. Me too. Um, and looking at New Orleans roster, can't help but think they can't pay all these players. Not saying BI, but thoughts on them as a trade partner, one of their wings potentially. To me, that's a quick, like, it's, you want to know what's real fucking easy? Um, <clears throat> finding trade destinations for Emmanuel quickly. There are a lot of teams out there who I think could talk themselves into quickly. Now, the Pelicans are a little dicier because they just invested um, in a big extension for CJ McCollum. And like McCollum carries with him this own like damned if we do, damned if we don't thing for his entire career where it's like he's if you're playing him at the two, you're going to be too small on defense. And if you're playing him at the one, you don't have a real true point guard. And they've been trying to play him at the one even though you could see their offense getting bogged down when they play him at the one in really key moments of really big games. It happened last night. I watched it quickly in theory is maybe a little bit more of a point guard than McCollum. And yet that's the other part of it quick is like, if a team's going to trade big stuff for him and pay him big money, I think they're going to believe that he could be a starting point guard. Ideally, if you want, if he's your starting point guard, you want to have at least one other piece on the offense that like you're comfortable funneling the offense through. Um, all this is to say, I don't, I, I don't know what the Pelicans are going to do. I agree with you that there's going to, that it, it's the bills come and do pretty soon. And if they keep scuffling this year, which they're scuff, kind of scuffling right now, um, they become a fascinating team to look at for <clears throat> for this summer. Um, I, but like the notion that the Knicks are going to like steal Trey Murphy uh, for third or like um, Herb Jones or even like you know Dyson Daniels from them. It's, I, I don't see it. Okay, we got two questions now related to um, biggest Nick blunder. Um, this one's from Sam Garcia's dad. I thought about this one. Ron Artest, the pick after Freddie Rice, is still not as bad as Knox over SGA. Hashtag RJ Booty Clappers. That was so egregious because it was so obvious. Like, just take Artest. I mean, dudes from New York went to St. John's. Come on. Um, CC Kirby, worst draft blunder in Nick's history is still Weiss over our test when he was everything that we needed in 99, 2000. And you can't convince me otherwise. I think it's, 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 it's the, it's the one that deserves mention, right? Um, it's the one that deserves mention. Deserves mention. Sure. So the tough part about everything we needed in 99, 2000, like Spruill was still here and Houston was still here. And LJ was still here. Like I understood them going center because it was clear Ewing was well, like not long for the team, and they had a younger guy in Camby. Like they drafted Frederick Weiss to be their backup center. Problem is that a couple months later the Olympics happened, and we got to well, see that's what one. he was going to be. <laughs> yeah, but that play made him not go to the NBA. I, who knows. Um, there was another super chat on that you bounced. There's really a quick. there's a couple. So more came in, so we'll we'll wrap up with these these three. Okay, Ryan Shepard, R.J. Grimes, and picks for Boyan Bogdanovich and Ivy. Better today, higher upside tomorrow. Just thinking out loud. Uh, why in God's name? I mean, if you're Detroit, you're asking for you're asking for a lot of picks. 
I think they're, I think they're probably going to find like they, like Killian Hayes is getting DMPs right now. So they've kind of fully given themselves over to like, we're just going to play Ivy and see what happens. Um, man, if that, that's not even a win now trade, you're making yourself worse. If you're for the Detroit? present, if you're Detroit, you're making yourself worse for the present and the future. So it, like, like you said, it'd be about the picks. And like how again, how many picks would that take? And like if you if you're if you're expending that many picks, if you're New York, then you want to get something back that you know puts you if not over the top, then like gets you into the conversation, and that doesn't do it. State quads Barkley RJ is at best overpaid an overpaid six man trade IQ for a wing. Well, you know, this team has some moves to make. Javier Montelvo, what ifs not waving Bernard King? Um, mm. It's up there with the best what ifs in Knicks history. For anybody who doesn't know the backstory, Bernard King obviously, unfortunately, tore his ACL, didn't play basketball for um, almost two years, came back, played the very tail end of the second. So he, he missed the last 30 some odd games of one season, missed the entire next season, then came back and played, I believe, the last six games. So the, the, the following season, Ewing was on the team. They never played a minute together. And then after that, they waved him. He would eventually go on to, to uh, tag on with Washington and make uh, all NBA third team. I believe it was in 1990 or 1991. And uh, it was like third or fourth in the league in scoring. It's a good one. It's a good one. We're like in it. Knicks what ifs though territory, not NBA yeah. what ifs. Not all the time. Yeah. And then two more. As of now, because now all the what ifs are, are coming in. I'll Sean with the W. I'll take the L tonight to put Orlando and Indiana in the dirt. I don't care how like this is the thing with this team. I don't care where the wins come from. Truly don't care where the wins come from. Just get the wins. Get to get into the dance. That's all. And last one as of now. Never mind. There's two more. El Coriano <laughs> 11. Um, worst draft blunder was trading the fifth and eighth picks in the 1987 draft. I was th- so it's funny when I was thinking of biggest what ifs in NBA history. What if the Bulls don't acquire the pick that became Scottie Pippen? That's that's a good one. Um, the Bulls obtained Pippen after trading eight for five, selected Horace Grant at 10. Yeah, um, that was the next pick for anybody who doesn't know. Um, they didn't trade it on draft night, they traded it well, like a, like a year ahead of draft night, so that's why it doesn't get you know, grouped in with some of the other conversations, but like, what if the Bulls didn't trade for that pick is that's, that's going. As of now, last one, and this we've said is the biggest what if in Nick's history. That's without question. What if Pat Riley never left? Says Sam Garcia's dad, spot on. Um, it's worth the answer. It's the answer. Yeah, it's worth reading. Um, uh, Blood in the Garden. Blood in the Garden. Thank yep. you. I was looking for it on my bookshelf. There it is. I'm I'm halfway through the audio book right now because all my oh, favorite nice. pods are on vacation. So oh, okay, yeah, I'm listening to the audio book. Uh, it's worth it for the chapter on Riley leaving alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Chris Herring. All right, I think that's it. That is it. All right. Thank you again to our great sponsors tonight. First and foremost, AG1. Uh, you can try AG1 and get a free um, 
free uh, year's supply of special vitamin that I always forget the letters and numbers. D3K2 and a free AG1 travel pack. Uh, go to drinkag1.com slash film school and to take advantage of the, uh, the promo code for prize picks, it's prizepicks.com slash KFS, the uh, instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Now I'll let you wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I know this is a frustrating one. Um, it's all valid. It's a frustrating night. Um, sometimes you just got to let it all out. If you enjoy letting it all out here, um, subscribe to this uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and if you're listening to this in podcast form, go ahead and uh, obviously subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Those things help us out a lot. And uh, leave us a nice review so other people could see how much uh, you enjoy the next Film School podcast. We will be back with more fun and games uh, very soon. Um, Post games, obviously, coming up. Pre games, casual Friday, the whole crew, the whole thing. And uh, that is it. Talk to everybody soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.